It's time for us to bridge the gap between the real world experience and the digital experience inside of special education. Welcome to the Special Education Inner Circle Podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Witcher, and I have with me today, Eric, who is gonna talk all things communication, tech, and what the cool kids are doing and how we can integrate everything into our IEP process. Welcome, Eric, I'm so excited to have you here today. It's fantastic to be here, Katherine. Thank you so much for this cool opportunity. So let's start with how did you end up at an IEP table? So I'm a speech language pathologist who is very passionate about communication. I think that, you know, the ways in which we communicate can really help us to foster such amazing relationships. So as a speech language pathologist, I have so many cool opportunities to come to the IEP table to collaborate with parents and other colleagues in an attempt to be team child you know that child is at the front and center of all the great stuff that all of us as caring parents and educators do and it's a real pleasure and an honor to sit at that iep table i love that you say it that way because everything that we do here in the special education inner circle or for the master iep coaches i always say parents admins teachers therapists if you sit at an iep table you're welcome here because that's how it should feel it should feel we have the privilege to sit at a table and serve a child in a unique individualized way and you're taking that next level with this digital experience so we're going to go over some different ideas that you have from the perspective of a speech therapist for our elementary age group our you know middle school junior high age group and our high schoolers and then we're going to talk a bit about data collection so make sure if you're listening to this on the go that you get your notebook ready that you stay till the end because we've got some gems of uh, just advice and tips and things that are working right now so let's hop right in to what's happening in our elementary world when it comes to uh, digital experience and how are you applying that into IEP goals Sure. I am big in the idea of listening and I love to listen to my students. I like to learn about what are the things that they are doing. And when we as educators and as parents, when we listen to the things that they love, we have that opportunity to bake it directly into all of our learning activities. And certainly that can be beautifully intertwined into the goals and objectives. So when I'm being completely honest, a lot of my clients right now, some of my elementary school age students into the middle school world, a lot of them are very much into video game experiences. So I'm trying to learn about these things from them. And I, and I highlight this idea of I'm trying to learn about it from them because what it allows me to do is to show these students that I'm coming at them in a way where they're the teacher and I'm the student. And I think that's so important for some of our youth to really understand the fact that they can bring something to the table in a manner that's going to enlighten someone else. So I love to ask my students simple questions such as, what's the video game you're playing right now? What is the website that you're really into? And I then ask intentional follow-up questions for them to be able to share with me perhaps new vocabulary words that are exclusive to that particular video game or just ideas that revolve around that particular website. And I bake that wonderfully into the work that together we do as a team from that therapeutic perspective. 
So, so often we're thinking about video games as just this passive time. It's a waste of time. We're worried about screen time. You know, we've had so much digital experience in the last, you know, year that everybody's just like, no, we need to stop. And you're like, no, this can actually be a tool that is not passive, that it's an active two-way communication um, opportunity. Uh, we talked a little bit about um, Roblox. Let's give a specific uh, example about that. Um, you know, how what would a conversation maybe look like if a child says, "Okay, I'm really into Roblox," and um, you're the the speech therapist, the teacher, you're the parent, you're the adult in this conversation. What are some great communication kind of um, triggers that you could have during that that Roblox conversation? Absolutely. So that's my opportunity to understand what is the environment in that particular Roblox world? What does that environment look like? And then we could talk about how is it created? You know, the why. Why did you choose to have trees over here and not over there? Why did you choose to have the character go to this part of your digital template, if you will, as opposed to that part of the digital template? And that helps us to better understand the ways in which they're thinking, the ways in which they're planning. So it's not uncommon for me to kind of pull up these things during a therapy session and to actively ask them to show me around the neighborhood, if you will. When we think of these digital experiences, they're creating worlds. Digital worlds are very real things that are created with intent. So when we're showing the child that we want to walk around, we want to see this thing you create with intent, I think it starts to build rapport. And we as educators, we know that rapport needs to build, rapport needs to be there in order for the learning and the, the real good stuff to come together, right? So it's all about building rapport. And from there, boom, we jump right into some legitimate learning experiences. Absolutely. So let, let's talk about this middle school, junior high. I mean, building rapport at that age is hard. They're just going through so much in those tween years, socially, emotionally, developmentally, academically. There's so much going on. So how do we use technology in this space to create better communication? Yeah. One of the things I love doing with my middle schoolers is I will ask them about different vocabulary words. Some of these vocabulary words are very exclusive to certain video game experiences, right? So when I am working together with, let's say, like a sixth grader or seventh grader, that person might very much enjoy this game called Among Us. And there are lots of different vocabulary words that are exclusive to that particular video game experience. So I'll learn those vocabulary words from them. And what I'll do is I will intentionally use the vocabulary words wrong. And the reason I'm doing that is because I want them to use their listening ears. And I want them to be able to, first and foremost, feel confident enough to kind of call me out on it, but call me out in a way that is mature, call me out in a way that is appropriate. You know, there's a way in which you could bring something to someone's attention that is not rude. So we work on some social instances, right? And then I will then ask them to rephrase it for me then, how should I have used it? So I'm actively trying to use 
some of their knowledge from their video game experiences. I'm bringing it into the real world experience for a moment. I'm purposefully messing it up and I'm allowing them to kind of take ownership and say, oh, hold on, Mr. Raj, here's how you should be doing it. So again, it's bringing in that idea of they can be a content expert and they can help me to grow as a communicator, but at the same time, they're helping themselves to grow as communicators as well. Oh, I love that so much because we talk a lot in our special education community and I'm a former special education teacher and I used to sabotage my students all the time, right? Set them up so they had to practice those skills at a whole different level. And that's what you're, you're talking about doing is just really challenging them in a way where they get to become the expert and use these skills in a different way. Uh, that is extremely important as we continue to move on to the high school age. There's a lot going on. Um, they, I, you know, I'm a mom of two girls and I know that this high school age, it's either they feel like they know everything or they know nothing. There's like no in between. <laughs> and we're trying to communicate at all different levels. They're like an adult, but not an adult. So what are some ways that you bring this digital experience to high schoolers so you can connect with them? Mm -hmm. So I think it's important for us as adults to be consumers of some of these things that the children are utilizing to be a consumer is to show to show i think when we consume these different things it shows our commitment to wanting to understand the worlds in which our children are a part of if we want to make an impact in them as it relates to learning, growing, education, we better understand some of the ways in which they are kind of just navigating this, this world, whether it's physical or digital. So I have a TikTok account. I'm not terribly um, well-versed in it, but I give myself homework assignments. And I say to myself, I'm gonna scroll through TikTok today and I'm gonna find things that jump out to me that I think might connect in some way to some of my students, right? And when I do that homework assignment, I'm taking notes and then I might bring in some of those clips in an intentional way. You know, I'm doing that on the weekend and then on an intentional way on a Monday, I might say, hey, before we even get started, I wanna show you this clip I saw on TikTok and I wonder, does this mean anything to you? And at its surface, it seems like, oh, this is not related to the therapy, right? But it absolutely is because I chose that clip because maybe it connects to something we talked about in the past. And then we could rope in some of the things that we've been kind of working on. And that's me thinking about who that 21st century student is and how I'm committed to trying to understand that digital world. And I bring it in when appropriate in the therapy room. That is so important to uh, jump into their world. It's not always about our students coming to meet us where we're at. We need to be meeting them where they're at. And that's an amazing strategy to rebuild some connections that have been lost over the last year of just being in a digital experience. So, so very important. Let's talk about the strategy of data collection, because a lot of times that's the question of, you know, how do we know that a child's making progress? Or how do we know that we're working on things that are meaningful? And this is making a difference because we are talking about things like Roblox and um, we're talking about Among Us, or we're talking about TikTok. So, what are some creative data collection kind of methods that you've used? I have really been thinking about the power of teaching my clients to collect their own data whenever possible. So I've been really exploring different ways in which together the client and I, we can take data at separate points and then we could come together 
and compare and contrast my data points with your data points and we'll see, is there a disconnect or do we have some um, clarity or a, a bit of overlap at times, right? So I've found some success in exploring this over the last couple of months, this idea of having pre and post tests as a way to gauge the, the growth that we're doing in a session. So when I say a pretest, I might come up with a very small questionnaire. The small questionnaire might consist of only maybe five sentences or five questions. And in this example that comes to my mind, I made sure that I was creating, so this child that I was working with was working on just expanding vocabulary as a whole. And this child also had a passion for this video game called Animal Crossings. So I'm, I'm aware of that video game and I understand that it has to do with um, the environment, with plants, with animals, and kind of moving in these different environments and exploring these different parts of the world, right? So I created a small questionnaire that said something like, can you define photosynthesis? Can you define different things that related to the animals that I knew were a part of that person's video game world? Um, uh, different questions that related to like the trees that I knew the person was thinking about as it relates to this game. So some of them, the child knew, some of them, the child did not know. So we did the pre-test, then we did the thing, which was we interacted in some capacity with these Animal Crossing type materials that I had, as well as some of the gameplay. And then afterwards, we did the same questionnaire again. And the child was able to define all of those things. So in the pretest, the child was able to get two out of five of the questions. But in the post-test, the child saw that he was able to get five out of five. And there was a real sense of pride there. And it was all intentionally worked on during the actual game experience. And I think it was very empowering for him to see the short-term gain that he was able to get from being a part of that learning experience. And I think it's important for us to have these opportunities to kind of share data with our clients and have them be active collectors of their own data, whether it's numbers-based or whether it's um, word-based. So qualitative or quantitative can exist. That's amazing. I love getting the students involved in the data collection because so many times we're, we're kind of sneaking around and taking data and you know, kids know when they're being judged, kids know when we're looking at them. So just saying, you know, okay, like here, we're gonna work on this. Like we have a goal that we're working on and then you set something that's short term. So we're not waiting months to see results. We all know as adults that that gets frustrating when we have to wait to see results, you know, 90 days out. You're talking about, you know, you can, learn something in a session and say, you know, congratulations on growing and, and achieving something. I love that so much. Let's talk about this concept of growth and how much people have feel like they feel like they have um, missed out on so much growth because of what has happened in our school system over the past year. So we have a lot of parents who have anxiety over how much has been missed, feeling so behind, child has regressed or they haven't made any progress. Um, teachers are hearing all of this and they're feeling the pressure of having to make everything up. And you know, then you're hearing this as a speech therapist, like, hey, by the way, this parent wants you to make up 1500 minutes of speech there, you know, speech, speech minutes in the next 30 days. And, and there's a lot of this chaos happening. How are you dealing with that and helping everybody move forward? Mm. Firstly, 
I always let it be known to any parents that are kind of sharing this um, anxiety with me that those emotions are real. And I, as a human, feel those emotions too. So I think it's important for us as educators to let it be known that the things in which our parents are feeling is um, a real universal thing. And then from there, I'll have just great conversations, open-ended teamwork-oriented conversations with the parents or the other educators that I collaborate with. And those conversations would help me to understand what do we need to do right now with as it relates to the constraints that maybe are in play right now? How can we best utilize technology? How can we best utilize our time where our time at times can be quite limited? How can we do everything in a way that's intentional that can get the child what the child needs right now? I think sometimes we we look very much into the future, rightfully so, because we are thinking about development and getting all of our children ready for the next step. But sometimes it's important for us to be very intentional to say, today, what does the child need today in order to get to tomorrow? Yes, we need to think about next year, which is the next grade. Certainly we need to think about four years from now because that's a new school that the child will be going into but sometimes being intentional with being in the moment and thinking about today can help us to make big, big gains. So I try to have open and honest conversations that allow some of that stuff to come to the surface. Absolutely, and, and if we look at trying to say, okay, we need to make up all of this in a short amount of time, we're going to overwhelm our, our student that we're serving, our child that we're trying to help, and we can see a lot of shutdown. So a lot of times we talk about the difference between quality and quantity. So, you know, can we improve the, the quality of what's happening? Can we level up what's happening in that 30 minute session versus adding in, you know, three more 30 minute sessions that week, which there's a balance, there's a, there's a right time for each of those strategies, but we really have to look at this whole child and what needs to happen. I'm gonna encourage everyone, um, I'm gonna have links to how you can connect with Eric and his work and the great creative things that he has just developing to help students of all ability levels communicate at their highest level. If you liked this conversation, you would love being part of the special education inner circle. That's where we take these conversations next level. You get access to experts just like Eric and we can work together to really level up your IEP role so we can serve students at a whole new level. Eric, thank you for being here today. You're so welcome. Thank you, Catherine. Bye, everyone.